Jackson State University is dedicated to maintaining a safe and healthy environment where our students can rise and thrive. Even in a pandemic, we embrace a new normal with a continued commitment to providing high quality working and learning conditions for faculty, staff, and students, while also promoting our tradition as a creative and nurturing community for our scholars. Our JSU Safe Task Force has taken a proactive approach reinforcing preventive measures throughout our 220-acre campus. This includes the deep sanitation and routine cleaning with EPA-approved disinfectant for all high-traffic and low-traffic areas and frequently touched surfaces in our academic, administrative, and residential buildings. These efforts are carried out by our experienced custodial staff under our Environmental and Safety Unit. Hand sanitizing stations and sneeze guards have also been implemented throughout our campus, as well as mandatory COVID-19 training for employees and students, daily symptom checks and COVID-19 testing and tracing. The number of residential students has also been reduced and a temperature scanner complete with facial recognition software is used for day-to-day -day operations as students enter residence halls. We have also collaborated with an external vendor to have private bathrooms and apartments and suites cleaned and sanitized monthly. Electrostatic disinfecting, which sprays a mist containing positively charged particles that aggressively adhere to surfaces and objects, takes place bi-weekly in all common areas of our residence halls. We have also equipped our faculty, staff, and students with PPE, cleaning supplies, and the safety protocols, recommendations, and tools to be active participants in the daily cleaning process to protect all living, working, and teaching spaces effectively. Maintaining safe behavioral practices such as social distancing, hand washing, and mandatory face masks is echoed in the signage visible around our campus because we must never lose sight of what is important. By doing your part, you can help the university do its part to mitigate the spread of this disease. And because we are JSU strong, we will continue to get through this together. Tiger fans, get ready for episode 106 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of every new episode. Apple Podcast users, rate and review the show, and everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. Hosting today's show are Charles Bishop and Neely. Welcome to another episode of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club, where our fan base comes to get their slice of Jackson State sports, news, history, and opinion. And as always, we say it all helps with the cause, which is the I love. We welcome back for this episode a host who is a regular contributor to Tiger Talk, Neely. Welcome back in, my brother. 
Charles Bishop, how are you making today, man? As, as always, it is a pleasure to not only be with you, but an extraordinary pleasure to be with you on Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. I'm looking forward to a, a most exciting episode that we got coming today. No doubt. And for this episode, we welcome back in a gentleman who is no stranger to the podcast. Uh, he, on November 19th of this year, became Jackson State's 12th president. He is an alumnus of Jackson State and a Jacksonian through and through. We welcome back in President Thomas K. Hudson to Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Hey, how you doing, sir? Uh, it's great to have you back in, sir. All right. I appreciate being here. Thanks for inviting me again. No doubt about it. And as we get into this interview, you know, President Hudson, I think um, a lot of, of your constituents, a lot of alumni of Jackson State, uh, they ask a, a very sort of a simplistic question or a simple question, if you will, for the, the vision of Jackson State. And we wanted to start this uh, interview off just by asking sort of a simple question in terms of uh, the strategic planning. What, what are your short term and your long term goals for Jackson State? Well, you know, first of all, and again, I appreciate you inviting me on to be a part of this podcast and also appreciate uh, you all support over time. But in terms of vision and goals, you know, just short term, of course, we're still in this COVID environment. Uh, we're in the middle of a semester. So the first thing we want to do, of course, we've ended this semester. We felt very strong. Uh, we ended early. Uh, we just had commencement, a successful virtual commencement uh, just this past week. And so we felt like we ended strong and we want to start the same way. We want to start the spring in a strong place. Uh, we start a little bit later than normal, uh, January the 19th, which is just after MLK Day. So about a week and a half sooner than we later than we normally do. Uh, we want to start off strong. We want to have a great semester. Uh, we really want to focus on some of those needs, those short term needs we have as a university. Of course, we're still undergoing our SAC CLC reaffirmation process, which I'm sure you'll want to talk about a bit later. Mm -hmm. So we want to have a heavy focus on that. This spring, we're doing football for the first time, I believe in JSU history, having a spring season. And just want to make sure things go well with that also. Homecoming and just the various events, things that we normally do in the fall, uh, we will be hosting those this spring. So just logistically, this is going to be a very, very busy semester for JSU. And we just want to have a really strong, successful spring semester. So just in the short term, uh, just continue to work, uh, continue to excellence. We know it's JSU and really have a strong spring semester. No doubt about it. And uh, also with respect to our long-term goals, you know, we're still formulating, of course, you know, the university is formulating and finalizing the strategic plan and just looking forward to, you know, the long-term success of the institution. I can tell you that one of my primary focuses is going to be on the infrastructure of the university, really laying the groundwork for JSU to be as strong as possible and building upon that. And by infrastructure, I mean, you know, just the campus physical plant, uh, making sure that our buildings, our grounds are where they should be and really of the quality that our alumni and our students and our faculty and staff expect and deserve. So we really want to continue to build on that infrastructure, really look at the campus as a whole and come up with the proper planning that from which we can grow from there. So just long term, at least for now, we're really going to focus on that university's infrastructure and really building a strong foundation for JSU. Sure thing. And that's a, a great look at in terms of what the long term goals might be of Jackson State. Uh, I wanted to uh, ask, you know, where do you stand on the quality versus the quantity debate as it relates to Jackson State uh, and their enrollment? 
Well, that's an interesting debate, you know, quantity versus uh, quality. Uh, first of all, we feel, uh, you know, all of our students, you know, their quality. Um, when we accept students to Jackson State, we accept them uh, with the understanding that they're coming to succeed and we want to help them succeed in whatever their career goals are. Uh, of course, in graduating and moving on to the next step in their future. So uh, in terms of quality, uh, we always want to get the best, bring out the best in all students who come through Jackson State. Uh, you know, I wasn't considered a top student coming out of high school. And so when you, you know, when you have the quality versus quantity debate, I think people might have put me more in the quantity portion. But uh, Jackson State is a place where we take people, you know, who might not be the best coming out of high school and really raise them up and uh, make productive members of society out of them. And I'm a living example of that. Uh, there is uh, a need, of course, to grow our enrollment, to continue to grow our enrollment and to really get the university to its rightful place uh, as one of the top HBCUs from an enrollment standpoint. So we'll continue to push out initiatives and do some different things in order to continue to grow the university's enrollment. But again, while doing so, we want to make sure that we ensure the success of every student who comes through the university. So uh, however they come to us, you know, by whatever means, uh, we want our students to graduate. We want them to go on to the career of their choice, whether it's graduate school, professional school, or whatever uh, industry they want to enter into. We want them to be productive, successful members of society. And that's our goal here at Jackson State University. Sure thing. Well, you know, uh, President Hudson, first let me uh, congratulate you because uh, we haven't had you on the podcast uh, since you were uh, named uh, president, 12th president of Jackson State University. So, you know, as Chuck extended greetings to you at the top of the show, let me offer personal congratulations yes. uh, now that you are solidified in the position. And we're certainly proud of you and everything you've been accomplishing in your many roles before and, and looking forward to what you're going to do in this next role as well. I appreciate uh, that. Thank and, you. Hey, man, not at all. And when I heard you say about coming out of high school, you know, I wonder why we got along so well, because you know, myself, I, I considered, you know, myself to represent the C students, the voice of the people. So uh, I, I've certainly overachieved because of the opportunity Jackson State gave me on the on the uh, quantity side. And I moved over to the quality. So uh, I, I totally get what you're saying. You know, but, uh, but Doc, as it relates to our, our academic programming, uh, are there are there any new programs uh, uh, that you want to see be developed under your tenure as president? And. And if so, are, are they currently being rolled out or, or what can we expect new from, from the academic programming side? Well, we're definitely going to take a strong look uh, at all of our academic programs, all 93 of our academic programs. Uh, one of the things uh, that's good about undergoing this reaffirmation is that uh, the SAC CLC reaffirmation we're currently undergoing is it affords you that opportunity to take that deep dive into your academic programs and really look at what's successful, uh, where you might need to make some improvements and where you might need to do some adjustments. And so that's what we're going to look. We always want to remain nimble as an institution. Uh, some of the programs, you know, I know you uh, might be aware that we have a music entrepreneurship class uh, that's being taught by our very own Cortez Bryant. And what that is, is just kind of a springboard uh, into a possible program along those lines, or a concentration, if you will, uh, just that other side, the business side of music. So just different things like that, looking for opportunities uh, where we connect, can connect with students uh, and meet them where they are today and also meet the growing needs of society. So you'll be hearing more and more about that uh, as we continue to constant evaluation and reevaluation of our existing programs and the assessment of where we need to improve and where we need to make adjustments. 
Gotcha. And, and as it relates to those those new program evaluations, I know a lot of times in our IHL structure, uh, you know, programs are kind of focused on as, as far as geography with institutions. So you don't have a lot of duplication overlap in, in nearby uh, schools. And, and, uh, and a lot of folks are alum base, you know, are hunger for some kind of medical or nursing kind of program. How does all that play as you look to expand programming? Uh, based upon what we could actually fit in uh, that's not duplication in other areas of the state? And that's a great question. I'm glad you put it uh, put it that way because, you know, you are correct. We are a part of a system, and duplication is something that's looked at when we try to roll out new and existing different programs. Uh, having said that, you know, being located where we are uh, in the capital city, uh, Mississippi's comprehensive urban university, we share such a unique space that there are just certain areas and certain things that we have to get into. You mentioned nursing, I'll add public health. Uh, of course, we have the only accredited school of public health in Mississippi, but really health disparities is something that Jackson State should be at the forefront of throughout not only the state of Mississippi, but through the entire United States. And that's something we're gonna really look to push and enhance. And again, that's an existing program that we already have. Nursing is something, of course, that has been looked at over the years. Uh, of course, there's a cost uh, connected with any new program in nursing in particular. Uh, you have accreditation issues, and then you have the potential for saturation with, you know, Heinz and UMMC and Alcorn, all in very close proximity. Alcorn's, of course, their nursing program being located in Vicksburg. So those are just some of the things that we have to look at when we decide what new programs to roll out. But I can tell you that we have some existing programs that are great, but could really be enhanced and could really be used as tools to grow the university and also help society overall. Mm -hmm. You know, one of our graduates, uh, Dr. Victor Sutton, is over at uh, uh, Department of Health uh, running uh, Preventive Health. Mm -hmm. And I know that's uh, that's a program that, you know, we clearly have some inroads to with the work that he's been doing and wants to continue to involve Jackson State. So it's good to good to hear you talk about that that health component of it, because I, I think health as a mm -hmm. as an economic driver, particularly in Jackson, is a huge win for us. Yes. Oh, absolutely. With the number of hospitals, you know, you have three major medical uh, facilities right in the capital city, as I mentioned earlier. And also, you know, you mentioned Dr. Sutton, a great friend to the university, great alumni. He was actually a part co-chair of our strategic our planning committee for COVID-19. So Again, just having people such as him strategically placed uh, to help the university is really of the benefit for us all. You know, President Hudson, among the many things that um, uh, we Jacksonians uh, boast about with Jackson State, we, we, we boast that we are a national research university. Mm -hmm. And a, a few years ago, we led the nation among HBCUs and receiving uh, federally funded research grants. And the question I wanted to ask is, is where do we currently stand in our research initiatives and what measures are being put in place uh, to ensure that we continue that trend upward in that regard? Well, we, we have, um, that's a really good question. And frankly, you know, with respect to our research, uh, we're back on the upward trend. You know, we had gone down a little bit, like a lot of other institutions. Mm -hmm. And some of that was just based on, one, the lack of the availability of just the line item for research that used to be available a few years ago. Uh, with that going down, you had a lot of institutions having to do a lot of different things and the research grants became a lot more competitive. So as a university, we're really back on the upswing in terms of our research grants. Uh, some of the things that we're doing in terms of just incentivizing uh, research with our faculty and staff uh, is an initiative that we're rolling out. 
Also in terms of federal contracting, that's a space that we typically have not really been a part of and other HBCUs and other entities, you know, billions upon billions of dollars are spent in federal contracting dollars with these institutions in Jackson State, not only did we not receive a large piece of that pie, we didn't really go after uh, those dollars. So one of the things that we're really going to push in the next year or so is just various initiatives uh, to go into that federal contracting space uh, as a university. That was part of the plan with respect to the recent visit from uh, the Secretary of the Army, uh, Ryan McCarthy. Also, there's been various White House initiatives that we've been a part of and really at the forefront of through GSA, where we have a couple of key alumni plays to really get us better into that contracting space. So that's really the next frontier, if you will, in terms mm -hmm. of accessing those external dollars for the university, which is just a crucial part uh, of our overall plan and overall health, both financial and academic for the university itself. Sure thing. Appreciate that. Mm -hmm. You know, Doc, we're, we're seeing a lot of uh, renderings and announcement as it relates to the physical improvements of the university, but a lot in, in athletics uh, as we turn the corner in, in that environment. Uh, what can you share with our fan base and listeners out there as far as the physical plan improvements and other aspects of the campuses, be it, you know, dorms or, or new buildings or construction that are not necessarily athletic related? And interestingly enough, uh, with respect to new facilities, you know, most of our uh, facility dollars come through the state of Mississippi through bond dollars. And what we've really emphasized over the last few years at Jackson State is what's called R&R dollars. And those are dollars used to help build, again, the infrastructure of the campus. Uh, a lot of it is repair, renovation, whether it's, um, you know, things like air chillers, boilers, uh, some of the road work, uh, roofs, really taking care of what you have. And that's been very favorably received uh, by IHL and also by the state legislature. So that's been a real focus more so than standing up new buildings is really utilizing and better utilizing what we have. So you'll see some things along those lines in terms of the renovation of existing buildings. Uh, one of the things that's starting to go underway is the Blackburn building, uh, a very solid building used to be where MassCom was. Uh, for the last two and a half years, we haven't had full use of that building. In fact, it's been shut down for over a year. So we're gonna put funds into bringing that building back up, modernizing it with the latest technology and really utilizing it as classroom space. So you will see a lot of things along those lines with respect to just again, repairing what we have, uh, taking better care of what we have. The standing up of new buildings is somewhat difficult uh, in this environment just because of the lack of availability of funding. Now I can tell you in terms of what's on the horizon going forward though in that space, we do need a new dining hall for our students. So that'll be something that we'll look for in the next two to three years uh, in terms of doing something along those lines. Uh, there's a need for, the, for a band hall uh, for our uh, the greatest man in the land, the sonic boom of the South. Uh, I always say that, you know, if we're gonna call them the best band, we have to treat them as such. So in that instance, you know, we will be looking at some things in terms of a new band hall and an overall new music building uh, for the university. So those are longer term plans that we have. Uh, they're in the planning stages now in terms of, you know, getting the renderings and getting some prices. And then we'll look at the various funding options that are available to us as we go forward. You know, President Hudson, uh, we had alumnus uh, and IHL board member, Dr. Stephen Cunningham, uh, as a guest on Tiger Talk a few weeks ago. And one of the things he touched on uh, was a lot 
was really thrown on your plate in the early part of your duties as acting president. Uh, but he and the rest of the board of trustees, they were uh, very impressed with how you handled those tasks, especially under pressure, especially looking at things uh, such as COVID-19. But among those things were, were the SACS accreditation. Can you give us an update on where we are in, in that regards? Uh, yes, we're at what I would call kind of the crunch time of the SACS process. Uh, we recently uh, received our off-site committee report, and now it's going to be time to prepare what's called a focused report, uh, which is due in February uh, to SACS-COC. And then, of course, the next step after that will be the on-site, the virtual on-site committee visit, which is really the most important part of the entire process. That'll happen in late March. So we're really at the crunch time part of this. Uh, I must say that things are going well. Uh, we've met all our targets. Uh, we have been time on task with everything. And, and we feel that we're in a really good place as it relates to our reaffirmation. Of course, we won't get the full word on reaffirmation until this time next year in December 2021. So we certainly look forward to that. But the process of getting there, uh, uh, we're right on target and we will remain so. Sure thing. And, and I know a question that a lot of parents will really uh, tune in on with regards to uh, your expectations for the spring semester relative to student learning. Uh, wanted to ask, will we see another condensed semester? And, and do you expect students uh, coming back on campus in the spring? Well, first of all, we would not have a condensed semester. As I said earlier, we are starting back a little bit later. Uh, and we push back the start date, you know, really for health reasons to uh, allow for some time for additional testing and the like. So we do start back a little later, uh, but we do end also a bit later as well in that first week in May. And, and again, that's just to adopt, allow us that additional time and also so we can meet those contact hour requirements. Uh, but we do plan for a much more robust semester uh, more in-person classes, but we will. There will still be a healthy number of virtual learning options. Uh, and, and again, that's just for uh, the student safety, for the safety of our faculty and staff. So we'll continue along the lines of where we were this semester, but we will be a little more open. Uh, probably a little more activity on campus again with athletics uh, being strong this spring with football and basketball and some of your other spring sports. Uh, we will, you know, look for a much more robust this semester, more robust semester. Mm -hmm. You know, President Hudson, uh, you know, one of the things that's near and dear to my heart, and I know a lot of our listeners as well, is, you know, economic development and job creation and growing a tax base, you know, through the university and around the university. You know, working in uh, economic development for the state uh, and also having served on the city council representing the area that JSU uh, sits in, uh, you know, I have this this perspective about, how JSU is such an economic driver for, you know, West Jackson, City of Jackson, Hines County, even the metro area. Uh, as, as president of the university, uh, which, you know, mean you're president of one of the largest quote-unquote corporations in Mississippi, but particularly in Jackson, Jackson State University, you know, how do you see your roles working with the mayor uh, uh, and your Shokwe Lumumba of Jackson, surrounding counties and, and mayors uh, as it relates to economic development uh, for Jackson State University, starting with that JSU area, but but really expanding out? Well, we have to be partners. Uh, we have to be key strategic partners, and that's not just the mayor, uh, the governor, the state legislators, and of course, the Hines County Board of Supervisors, uh, a group I spoke in front of last week uh, and really talked about the very thing that you're talking about now. How do we become key strategic partners and driving economic development in this area? You know, Jackson State is a 100 plus million dollar enterprise. 
and the economic impact in terms of the number of employees, the number of students who interact with the community, uh, people who come to the state of Mississippi and come to the city of Jackson and Hines County for the purposes of supporting Jackson State, whether it's athletic events, commencement or whatever. So yes, it has to be a key strategic partnership that we have in the city. Uh, as president, I have to be one of the key proponents of that. And I have to be really the catalyst for bringing those various entities together in order to act for the good of not only, as you said, Jackson State and the surrounding areas, but the city of Jackson as a whole. And, and we have some very strong ideas on how we can make that happen. Uh, again, I really wanna make the Lynch Street corridor and economic development along Lynch Street a possibility. You know, I want to make that possibility, I'm sorry, a reality. And it's gonna take infrastructural dollars. It's gonna take private investment. Jackson State has to be the catalyst for those things and I'm committed to doing so. Sure thing. And, and I want to kind of follow up a little bit on Neely's question, uh, because we often say as Jackson State goes, so goes Jackson. But, you know, a healthy number of, of local four-year universities and community colleges in and around the Jackson area. And I wanted to ask, uh, does that leadership work together uh, to influence maybe the political or economic climate of Metro Jackson? You know, not as much as it should. And uh, when you talk about within the city of Jackson, you know, you have other four-year institutions, as you said. Uh, within the city of Jackson, and we should work together a little bit more. And it's, you know, again, you have various institutions. We all have to run our own institutions. Uh, we all, you know, have our own interests, but working together is going to be key to accomplish some of the goals that we have. One of the things I was most excited about under the Lumumba administration was the idea of a common transport, kind of a one-line transport that really connected Jackson State, UMMC, Bellhaven, Millsaps, all on the line uh, as a means for economic development. So those are some of the things that I think as an institution, actually those meetings had representative from, representatives from all of these city institutions, you know, during those meetings. So we want to continue along those lines. I would like to see those efforts highlighted and expanded and really have us all work together for the good of the city. Well said. Uh, pivoting back to athletics for a second, you know, uh, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders became our coach, officially became our coach on December 1st as we roll into, you know, this Christmas season. And some have said he's the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, you know, he he enthusiastically endorsed you to become our next president and was on an episode recently and continued to, to speak highly about uh, your vision and his vision and, and working with you and working hand in hand to make that a reality. Uh, you know, how, what are your thoughts on, on that shared vision and, and what are some of the tangible impacts that you've seen since you hired Coach Prime? You and A.D. Robinson brought Coach Prime on board. Uh, uh, what, what have you seen tangibly and what are you looking forward to vision-wise to come to fruition? Well, tangibly, uh, just the overall excitement, uh, the increase in excitement and interest in the university, uh, just the number of eyes who are on the university in a positive way uh, is it, something that I've really seen uh, since the arrival of Coach Prime and just his overall investment in the success of the university as a whole. Uh, you know, of course, athletics, he's here to coach football. He's here to win games and really enhance that football program. But he has an interest not only in football and Jackson State University, but really the entire city of Jackson. And, and that's just a vision that we all can tap into. So you know, you are correct in that that's just been a great, great boon for the university. And it's something that we really want to continue. Uh, of course, in terms of our personal relationship, you know, he's been a great supporter uh, of mine since day one, of which I'm very appreciative. And we're all well aligned 
in terms of our vision and where we feel that we should go as a university and the ways that we should grow and to continue the success of JSU and enhance it going further. So it, it's a really exciting time. He's a very big part of that excitement. And we wanna take that excitement and really leverage it across the university as a whole and really continue the success of Jackson State. No doubt. Uh, you know, President Hudson, I, and I know we've asked a lot of uh, strategic uh, questions in terms of uh, vision and, and things of that nature, but, you know, just on a more personal level, even, even your time as acting president, you know, what has been the most fulfilling uh, part of your job as, as president of Jackson State thus far? You know, it's, it's really uh, the impact that you can have on, you know, you think broadly in terms of the university, 7,000 students, we talk about the economic impact, how large we are, but it's just the day-to-day -day impact that you can have on the lives of students and really helping that one person improve their life and improve the entire life of their family. You know, there were a number of people, I mentioned commencement, we graduated 547 students just this past Friday, and there were a large number of them who were first generation, you kept hearing stories, the first in my family to finish college, and, and you're talking about just starting the beginnings of building that generational wealth and that generational legacy that starts right here at Jackson State. And it's just overwhelming to be a real big part of that, uh, you know, in the extent that the part we play, you know, as faculty, as staff, and including myself as president. It, it, it's an awesome honor and it's an awesome responsibility that, you know, no one should ever take lightly. And so just that day-to-day -day impact that you can have on the lives of so many, it, it's really been the biggest key here. No doubt. Good deal. You know, President Hudson, as we prepare to uh, let you get back to your full time duties, you know, got to got to ask you something that's reminiscent from when we last had you on. Uh, and I'm going to give you your answer. You know, your, your answer then was to leave the position better than you found it. And so seven months, excuse me, seven months later, we want to ask you that same question now as the 12th president of Jackson State University. Uh, what would you like to be your legacy? Uh, from the seat of president? Well, you know, as I, and I haven't had, I haven't had a full chance to think about what exactly what I like that legacy to be. But, you know, as you said, you want to leave the seat better than you found it. I, I think it's time for us, though, to stop talking about the potential of JSU uh, as Mississippi's comprehensive urban university and really start to live in that reality. So mm. to the extent that I can push us towards that reality of being the comprehensive urban university and putting us on plane with your other large scale regional institutions uh, like your UAB, University of Alabama in Birmingham and the like, that's where I would like my legacy to be in the legacy of this office and of this administration. Just taking those steps towards, you know, our ultimate destiny as being one of the top institutions, public regional institutions in the United States. Uh, we can get there. You know, we have the we have the tools to get there. We're well positioned. Everything we need to get to that place, we already have. It, it's just a matter of really having the vision, bringing everybody together, and really accomplishing that goal. So, uh, from a legacy standpoint, you know, no matter how far we get, I would like us to push along towards that end. Uh, President Hudson, this is a, a great place to uh, sort of. Uh, kind of bring this podcast to a close, but were there any uh, additional final words that you would like to uh, add in, in terms of, of talking to the Jackson State fan base? Well, nothing except, you know, I, as always, I like to close with a word of thanks and appreciation for uh, just the support that you all have given uh, the university, that you've given me personally in this role. 
uh, you know, again, could not ask for a much more support, a more supportive alumni base, uh, support from, you know, JSU fans, and even those who are affiliated with JSU who are not necessarily alumni, but have a great interest in the success of JSU. Uh, just a word of appreciation for everything they've done. Again, I, I am very well aware of the awesome responsibility that I have and the awesome task that we've all been given to take JSU and propel it to that next level. And, and we're going to get there. We're going to get there together. We're going to get there with a lot of hard work, uh, with a lot of vision. So, you know, just keep us in your prayers and really be on the lookout for some exciting things going forward from Jackson State University. No doubt about it. Always appreciate the time that you uh, give to the podcast. And, and Neely, uh, any final words, my man? This is this has been a, another great episode. It has been, man. I just want to, you know, again congratulate President Hudson for uh, yes. becoming officially the twelfth president of JSU. And and we heard your challenges, and 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 uh, we want to thank you for your time, brother president. And you can always count on Tiger Talk with the fourteen hundred Club to help you. And your mission. So anytime we can be of additional service, you just call on us. All right. Yes, well, I appreciate you all and thank you so much. And uh as always, go Jackson State. Thank you. No doubt about it. Well, for my man Neely, I'm Charles Bishop, and this has been another episode of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. We will see you on the other side. And that'll do it for episode 106 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcast listeners, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. And it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook and Twitter pages. As always, thanks for your support. Go Tigers. Hashtag the I love. about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.